Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Snow Lux Life Podcast. I'm super, super excited about tonight's episode. I have a very, very, very special guest here. I have Dr. Antoinette Lyles. She is a cast member from Bell Collective that is on TV. I'm sure you guys have been tuning into the show, but I'm going to give you all a minute to like, comment, um, share this video, and we will get right into it. Welcome to the So Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. Hey guys. So thank you so much, Dr. Lyles, for coming on the podcast. Um, we definitely appreciate your time. We know you're super, super busy. Um, you're, a, you're a dentist, you're a doctor, you're a boss. So first and foremost, thank you so much. I, I mean, it honestly, it's such a huge pleasure to be here. It breaks up the monotony of my life. You know, it gives, you know, some vibrancy to it. And I've been looking forward to it since, you know, I got the, I got the little message. <laughs> And y'all, she's super sweet. We've been talking backstage and such a fun person. I can't wait for you guys to learn all about her. And if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, first and foremost, thank you. Um, if you miss it today, you can go back and listen on all your major podcasting streaming services, whether that's Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, whatever you listen to your podcast on. Definitely go check it out and share and subscribe. And definitely leave your comments. We will read them out on online if they're appropriate now. Let's not get crazy. But <laughs> we have to make a disclaimer these days. But if you guys have questions or comments, definitely leave them in the chat and we will get to them. So first and foremost, Dr. Lyle, just um, start off by telling us a little bit about you, where you grew up, and how you made your way to Mississippi. So I am originally from Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, I grew up, this is a very strange, I grew up with both my mom and my dad. There was a portion of my life where I was raised in my mother's home, and then a portion of my life where I was raised in my father's home. And so, like, while they were not, like, a unit or, like, married, like, they, you know, they did their best, you know? Parents are always just doing their best, right? Uh, I lived with my grandparents for a time, too. I went to Saginaw High School. I was actually the majorette captain in my high school Ooh. Archie band, okay? So um, little short story about Michigan. We don't have, like, an abundance of, like, HBCUs or anything like that. We have, like, I think perhaps, and I could have this wrong, but I think this is right, um, like, one HBC. There's one college that's a historically black college in, in Michigan. And so, but we still love the music. And so like, that was the nature of the music that my, my marching band played. And so y'all, I was in so in love with the J sets at Jackson State University and I wanted to be one and like part of the sonic boom of the South. And so like, when you're like 17, you make like these really more mature decisions about college. And I'm like, oh, I'm only applying to schools with marching bands. Like, right? and so that's part of the reason why I ended up at Jackson State. I did get like a full ride. Um, I tested the highest in my like 
high school, senior year, like ACT score. And so like, you know, just an abundance of scholarships, you know. Um, but Jackson State had my heart way, way before I even knew anything about Mississippi. Hey, <laughs> I love. I had a full ride to Jackson State too. <laughs> Girl. I mean, Jackson State takes care of its students. It takes care mm -hmm. of its people, you know. And so, like, it was drawing the talent in. They found, they found us. Most definitely. So, were were you a J set at Jackson State? Did I you? I was not a J set. Do you know how hard it is being J set? <laughs> Do you know how humid and hot it is in Mississippi? <laughs> I do not know how they're able to do it. But also, like, I was a chemistry major, and, like, I don't know if you know this, but, like, you do not see those band members. Like, we love what they do. We love, like, how they promote the school. Like, they were in, like, the Beyonce's video, you know, yeah. uh, her documentary. But we have no clue where to find them except the band hall. <laughs> well, I would have <laughs> Most definitely. So um, what made you go into chemistry as a major? So I um, I like the intensity of life. I do enjoy doing like really difficult things. And so like it's a little bit of a flex, you know, like, oh, no, I'm a chemistry major. You know, like, what are you like? What, what What's your major? Oh, OK, cool. Like and so but also I wanted a really rigorous program pre-dental so that like it kind of set me up for dental school, you know. So if it was a bit harder, I felt like it was going to prep me for, you know, what was to come. Oh, wow. So you kind of had your mindset on being a dentist even at that time, which is well, why a bit of a nerd. <laughs> also, <laughs> admittedly. <laughs> so, um, after Jackson State, where, where did you go after that? Did you apply to multiple, um, I guess they're called dentistry schools? Did you apply yeah, to school multiple? of dentistry. Like, I mean, you're, you're right there. What are you talking about? It's really close. Um, yeah, so I did apply to multiple schools of dentistry. So really, uh, interestingly enough, I uh, started college when I was in high school. And so once I got to Jackson State, I was in between classes. And so I was not quite a freshman, not quite a sophomore. And so I finished my chemistry degree in three years, but I still had that full ride, right? And mm -hmm. so I used that last year to study abroad in Costa Rica and then also to get like a minor in like personnel management, right? However, it made it really tricky to apply for dental schools because they didn't know what my status was, right? Um, I did apply to several HBCUs. I know that Meharry pumps out black doctors all the time. They are fantastic. They're based in, out of Tennessee. Howard has a program. I think the Ohio State University has a program. But I stayed in Jackson, Mississippi, and went right up the street to the University of uh, Mississippi School of Dentistry. Oh, wow. transition wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, you're like right there. So speaking of transition, so how was the transition from Michigan to Mississippi? Because that's like two totally different. Dude, you know. total culture shock. Total culture <laughs> shock. And so, like, I love so much being surrounded by like black excellence. And so you get it like within your own family, but like outside of your household, you know, like Michigan is so blended and it's so beautiful and race doesn't matter, you know? And so then you get, you get to Jackson and it's like, you know, girls are wearing their natural hair and they're like, you know, there's fraternities and sororities. And like, I just didn't see an abundance of that growing up. And so like, it just feels so good y'all. It feels so good to be surrounded by your people. But also in Mississippi, they keep trying to put weight on me. And I'm just like, I'm petite. <laughs> I'm petite. Oh, you're going to eat in Mississippi. If you do nothing else, they are going to feed you. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Like <laughs> up the street from Jackson State. <laughs> uh, the Stamps Burgers, they're <laughs> huge. <laughs> but they're so good it's where you want to eat it all in one setting and i can't tell you how much sugar boston's put in that kool-aid but it was always so good but also like oh my goodness nothing but sugar <laughs> like diabetes in a cup <laughs> and then we had red and sweet tea <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i love me shout out boston's we love you <laughs> I know. Shout out to Jackson, Jackson State. We got some people in the comments saying that they were they went to Jackson State, JSU grad, um, class of '82. Um, we have some other comments. Deandra Brown she says she's so excited to hear this. Lachelle McCollum, I love her. <laughs> she graduated with me at um, Saginaw High School, and so she came to Jackson State the same year I was at Jackson State. She's super dope. She's super smart. Um, hey, Michelle. <laughs> oh, shout out to you. Um, Kelsey Bell said you are so inspiring. Also, I want to specialize in orthodontics. I'm working on my undergraduate degree to get into dental school. I was about to throw in the towel until I saw your story on TV. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. It is going to be one of the most difficult things you ever do. It is, you're going to cry. You're going to cry a lot if you're anything like me. But when I tell you it's one of the also most rewarding things, like you just got to push through. You got to push through. Every next phase of your life is going to require a, a different version of you, an elevated version of you. And you have to rise. And we're here to help you. Okay. Most definitely. You are so inspiring. And, um, that's just amazing how people see you on TV. Like she said, she was almost about to give up until she kind of saw your story. And um, I love that. We need more Black um, dentists and entrepreneurs that are just out here doing the thing. You know, it is Black History Month. So happy Black History Month, everyone. <laughs> like, do it. <laughs> So as a child, did you face any obstacles growing up? I know you say you moved around a lot. Was that challenging for you, like, as far as making friends or adjusting to, like, different households as a child? So um, the legacy of the women in my family is such that my great-grandmother, Annette, this is fun. She's Annette. My grandmother's Jeanette. I'm Antoinette. Whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but my grandmother, Annette, she actually did not graduate um she never finished middle school she had a baby at 15 and then my grandmother Jeanette she had a baby at 15 and they were two twin girls and so um it was always really important to me and uh that I was only specifically called Dr. Lyles like even when I was married and I had like a super chill husband he was really cool he didn't feel emasculated by that decision he knew that like I wanted to honor my family in that way um my grandmother Jeanette she was actually a heroin addict like it started off with prescription pills like you see now and then eventually heroin she wasn't really there wasn't really present and so I like to think that like when you regard me as Dr. Lyles that like we're not even talking about me we're talking about grandma Jeanette who never felt like she got anything right and like I will do it for the both of us you know um so it just it just made things a little challenging. There's a lot of family trauma there when you don't have a mom and you don't really have a dad, like as far as my parents are concerned. Um, 
it, it just makes things tougher, you know. Uh, you you can easily become envious when you're sitting in dental school and you're sitting next to the privately school trained people and like the people who are like legacy doctors, but also like it, that's not the place for envy in that moment. Like that's the place for pride. Cause look at you, you made it, you right there with them. Go right. Right. <laughs> yeah, your legacy. I love that. Like you're, you're kind of shifting the generations from your family, from them having children at a young age um, to not finishing school. So look at you. Now you're a doctor and still carrying your family name. I love that. Um, so as far as like School of Dentistry, did you have any challenges there? I know you said you saw people that were like legacy yeah. doctors, but what were like some of your personal challenges that, that you faced? So uh, I think, again, representation matters, you know, and so um, it's important that even like after you become a doctor, like you go back and you give back. And that's why mentorship is so important because, you know, it's easily it's easy to feel defeated when you don't see anyone like you doing something that you want to do, you know. But uh, I remember like we have like these class composite photos and a composite photo is like the graduating class and all of their pictures. And they date back from the very first class in dental school until the very last class, the most recent class. And so I would go find someone that looked like me and I'd be like, she did it. She did, she got through, and this is her picture for graduation. If she did it, and she did it like 20, 30 years ago, then I know that I can do it too. Like she set up the framework, the scaffolding, the foundation, and all I have to do is do the same so that there's more of she did it when the next group of girls come in. Most definitely. And like I said earlier, you're already an inspiration to people. That's um, crazy. Tell people I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Now we see like what it's really like. <laughs> it comes with it, though. <laughs> so um, you did touch on like you were married at one point and you kept the name Dr. Lyle. He was very cool, very chill, very kind of laid back. Um, but unfortunately, you guys did go through a divorce. I went through a divorce a couple years ago, so I definitely kind of didn't know how it is, how the emotions can kind of flare and like you know, there are moments of embarrassment where you're just not understanding why this is happening. Um, kind of talk us what happened with, well, not exactly like what happened. I'm not trying to get any else business. <laughs> kind of how you got through it. Was it like a mutual decision or was it one person fighting for the marriage and the other wasn't? Or kind of how did you um, get through that and just continue to build who you are throughout the process? I don't know if you know this right now, but I am like stress sweating. <laughs> Girl. Um, so I think um, if you've never been married before, then you don't really understand how difficult marriage is and like how um, how much work it is. Right. So I actually met him in dental school. He was my dental school sweetheart and honestly, y'all one of my best friends. And so there's this stuff that just sort of happens when you're married, you know, like you kind of nitpick people and that's just like, that's just your first marriage. Like it's on a pedestal. And so like, you know, you want it to be absolutely perfect. And mm -hmm. so um, when we decided to uncouple, cause I'd rather call it an uncoupled, uh, uncoupling just because people get so nasty, so nasty, so mean and divorce sometimes. And like, you know, that's pain, that's pain talking. That's heartbreak talking, you know? Um, but we uncoupled and we were actually in marriage counseling for a good long while before we decided to do it. But 
there's no doubt in my mind that like I married him for love. He married me for love. And when we decided to uncouple, we didn't make it nasty because there was a certain amount of love and respect that we still had for each other. So we literally sat down and was like, well, I was like, I want the house and the dog. And he was like, well, I want these things, you know? Um, And I don't know that the man has ever said a bad word about me. And I know that I haven't said a bad word about him, but that does not mean that it's any easier because that is your best friend and you were with him for seven years and married for three. And so the top of 2020, I found myself like unemployed. I I didn't have a job. I was recently divorced. I was doing quarantine, you know, Um, the house was quiet. I had this dog who just came over here now, you know, Um, (laughs) y'all, it was tough. It was like incredibly tough, but you, I believe that you just sit in it. You just sit in it, you process your feelings and you be like truly honest with yourself. But I I was there and I was like, "Well, well, who am I now? Like, who am I now? Like, am I different? Like, I'm Antoinette Lyles again after I was not Antoinette Lyles. And so, like, like, am I the same old version of myself? Am I wiser now? What what happens now? Do I leave Mississippi? Like, where do I go? You know, where do I work? And so, y'all, that was tough. Was it? That's where I, that's where Mint Dental was born, though. You know, like, you have all this time on your hands and, like, you're, you're envisioning the future for yourself. And you're like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I knew with certainty I didn't want to, like, continue to work for someone else. Like, y'all, I work so damn hard. I give it everything, you know? And it's so frustrating, like, when that's not acknowledged, you know, when you're helping someone else build their own practice, Mm -hmm. their business, you know? And I was like, well, I'm going to do this. And so, you know, it was just a little seed or a little snowball that that snowball down. Next thing you know, y'all, we got a whole snowman and a whole practice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I think like after those situations, for me at least, it made me grow as a person and kind of get back to my identity because I kind of lost myself in a relationship. Um, So I just kind of had to get back to who I was, um, figure out my purpose Mm -hmm. and to kind of learn to not get so emotionally invested in people like I once did before. It's difficult, like when you're empath and you're a giving person, and then there is a pressure on you, like to be like a really good wife. You know, you don't want him to step out, you don't want him to be missing out or anything. So, like now, like you want your food to be as good as his mama's food, you know, and like you want to be as fine as some girls that he'd be liking pictures of on Instagram. And so, like it just becomes so such a selfless process sometimes that, mm-hmm. like after it ends, like you do have to re-figure out who you are. Yeah. And just kind of disconnect and mm-hmm. kind of um, move on from it. Do you ever run into like now after the divorce? Do y'all ever see each other or anything? <laughs> it's the strangest thing. We have been divorced for like a year now, and I have not run into him like literally at all. I know that he lives not far. Um, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like that. Like once you break up with a person, you never see them. Like I don't know if like we're dodging one another or just like. Consider also we're in a pandemic though, so not a lot of people are outside of the homes. Most definitely on that. So do you hope to get remarried, or are you just kind of done with marriage? You're just y'all. I am so ready to find my person. And so because it didn't end ugly, because I don't feel less than, because I'm not insecure about it. I just know that like we went our separate ways. Um. I'm so ready to find my person. Um, I don't know, because I, I think I have a lot of things worth sharing, you know? Mm. And so, like, where you at, baby? 
I miss you. I love you. Come on. Mama, mama, mama brings home bacon and she cooks it too. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you kind of look for in a guy? In case there are any fellas out there tuning in. Y'all heard her. She's single. She's waiting for y'all to find her because he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Oh, I love, uh, I love a smart man. I love that when conversation just like kind of flows and it's effortless. Y'all, mm. I like a, I like, I like gym rats too. Like, I, hey, if I'm working on my body, then I need you to be working on your body too. You know what I'm saying? Um, equally yoked there. <laughs> equally yoked, you know, because, you know, like I come from like really humble beginnings. Like I love like a, uh, like a hood guy, you know, who knows how to like turn it off and turn it on. Like he like brunches too. So I like, like those guys with like the backpack with like the strings on and like the socks and like the flip flops. But I also like a like a Barack Obama, you know, right. like, I don't know if this makes any sense to you guys. Definitely, but... I'm right there with you. <laughs> I need to know if something pops off, you got my back and you're you not know? scared. <laughs> you don't have to go out to the back of the trunk or nothing like that. Right. You want to feel safe. <laughs> you know? I love it. We have some questions here. Um, Someone says, actually, my sister Chris, she said, your style is great. Where do you love to shop for cute fashion pieces? OMG. So, y'all, fun story. Uh, I built a practice on TV in six months post-pandemic, post-divorce, you know, <laughs> with no family here. I do not dress myself. <laughs> I could not tell you what to wear. Um, if I had my choice, I would be and like scrubs and white coats and then like bandeau dresses when I go out and then like swimsuits and like that be it. You know, all of those things are so easy. So my stylist is um, Kenneth Marshall. He has a fashion house here. Um, he has like a really dope website. He takes into consideration like my personality and what I feel comfortable in. And he like literally, I'll text him, I'm like, hey, I have an interview on Tuesday and he'll come over and he'll be like, all right, you're putting on this, 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 this. But um, this one is, this outfit is a um, European like boutique, you know? So it took a little while to get here, but it's super cute and it's super comfortable. Um, if I have great style, thank you so much. <laughs> Shout out to her stylist. <laughs> Shout out to my stylist. <laughs> Um, we have another question. It says, what were some of the challenges you faced with opening a new practice for the first time? I'm at UMMC School of Dentistry, third year. Ooh, give me her name. Kimberly Fortner. All right, Kimberly, I'm reaching out to you within the next two weeks. Don't even ask me how I'm going to get your number. I'm just going to have it. Um, <laughs> UMMC. All right, third year student, Kimberly. Got it. Um, so challenges is... Uh, there, there are plenty for sure. When you first come out of dental school, you're gonna have all of that dental school debt. Um, I'm not sure if you're gonna be interested in living in an apartment or if you're gonna to wanna to buy a house, but that's gonna be an additional like half, you know, quarter mil or something like that. So your first hurdle is gonna be your debt to income ratio. Um, who's going to lend you a half a million dollars or greater to build a practice? And so that's where your experience comes in. You just gotta work, you gotta learn, you gotta, you know, you know, uh, pay your dues, sell your oats, that sort of thing. Um, Outside of that, finding a location where it's not an oversaturated market is a big deal. Um, finding a lender to trust you to do what it is that you say you know how to do, that's going to be a big deal. Um, writing that business plan. My business plan is like, y'all, like 20 pages long, but like a cover page and like an appendix and all of that. And like no one teaches you how to do it. And so 
again, you're going to learn and you're going to grow at every single step. And there's going to be hurdles and there's going to be hoops to jump through. And they make it a little harder for you. I won't even finish that statement. Um, but if you know, you know. We get it. You know, you know. It's a little harder for you. Um, and so, yeah, um, there is a network of Black dentists here. There, There's a network of female dentists here. And because we've done it all, you were we're reachable. We want to be visible. We want to be a resource to you. And that's the reason why I put, you know, my practice where I did is between Jackson State and also the school that you're at so that you can find me. You can see me from the highway. I swear it. And so all of that was built with intention. But reach out to me or I'll I'll contact you and we'll we'll talk about it later. Most definitely. Kimberly, thanks for that question. Um, I feel like you said there is like a network of black and dentists that you guys kind of, you know, try to help people. So how important would you say mentorship is? Um, yeah. And so I always said that you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know, like you just have to figure out the best way to go about doing something. And you can easily learn vicariously, even through other people's mistakes, you know. And so you find someone that's been doing it for a while who doesn't mind like taking you under their wing, you know, and you learn so much. And you're not getting that out of a book. You're not getting that in a video. You're not getting that, you know, on index cards or whatever. Like it is incredibly valuable it is invaluable and so that's what i want to do too like while i don't have like 20 years of experience of being a doctor i have been through some stuff but also i can help anyone that's getting up to the point that i am at and i can say this is what i messed up and i'm gonna make sure you don't mess it up you know and so mentorship again is invaluable because i do not want you to make the same mistakes because it is my job and role and like <laughs> Y'all, my life's purpose to make sure that there's more of us in five years than there are now or was five years ago. I love it. I don't know where I would be in real estate without my mentor. Um, his name is Steven. I know I get on his nerves, but we talk every single day. Wow. Steven, <laughs> what I need to be doing? He's so humble and he's always so willing to help me. So definitely, I would say surround yourself with people that are willing and have the heart to help. And when you get in the position to help someone, make sure, you know, you return the favor. I am not your competition. I am proof that it can be done. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> I love it. Um, Deandra Brown, she said, when did you know it was time to start your practice? Oh my goodness. It's when you're getting annoyed by the very small things, you know, like when you want to take a vacation with your girls or like one of them's getting married and you have to ask for permission to get off. Or, you know, like I learned to read a PL statement. That is a profit, profit loss statement that tells us all the revenue we have coming in. That tells us like our salaries. It tells you, you know, what you're spending on supplies, utilities, all of that. And then, you know, it's really hard to see what it is that you produce for business. Mm -hmm. and then like what you're being paid and like be okay with it if you're doing really well <laughs> if I'm exactly <laughs> you um, kind of learned your value at that point absolutely there was always also things I wanted to do in the community like participating in like this fundraiser or this outreach thing and you know just going to your boss and them saying oh we don't have the budget for that we don't have the budget to participate in uh breast cancer awareness month this month you know like that's frustrating too mm -hmm. and so it was time y'all it was time <laughs> well you'll know we were talking backstage beforehand like i told her like i 
stopped working in the corporate world just simply because of the freedom. And like she said, like having to ask people for a time off and having to explain myself when I wanted to go to my kid's school and participate in parent day or something like that. So you kind of know, you kind of feel it. Um, you kind of wake up and with a little agitation, like, oh, got to go in here. It's when you start waking up and like, instead of waking up and you're like, oh, I need to get to work, you know, whatever. You start waking up and you have like your coffee and your morning screens. <laughs> right. It's just like something that you have to do. And I feel like in life, we should all do something that we love and we're passionate about. And we wake up every day excited and go to sleep like, oh, I can't wait to work to work tomorrow. I get like that with my clients. Like I have some showings tomorrow that I'm really excited about. So and I didn't have that at my last job. So right. when you know, you know. There is no shortage of things that are that's happening at my practice right now. And each day presents a new challenge. And guess what, y'all? I am having a great time. <laughs> I am having a great time. <laughs> See, even throughout the challenges, like you're loving it because it's something you're passionate about and it's yours. Like you're not having to answer to anybody else. <laughs> um, DeAndra also said, what advice would you give yourself when you felt you were at your lowest? Oh, so I have really bad depression and really bad anxiety. And I think generally I'm an anxious person. Um, <laughs> If I'm feeling anxious and overwhelmed, I tell myself that I'm living in the future, too far in the future, and I need to just take a breath and live in this moment. Which, which things can I do in this moment to fix that anxiety to prepare me for that tomorrow, that next week, that next month, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm feeling particularly depressed, I say, well, those things have already happened. So, like, which things can we do today so that, you know, we don't put ourselves in those positions again? Uh -huh. So, you know, just again, like I said, you have to sit in your emotions. You can't drink them away. You can't sex them away. You can't, you know, do all of these like destructive things, but rather like check in with yourself. And so sit down, ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? And usually you can create uh, some solutions to keep you from feeling too overwhelmed. Most definitely. Um, I kind of went through a period of depression, I felt like, when I was going through my whole divorce. Oh, yeah. Because we split up while I was pregnant with our son. And it was really hard. It was it was very challenging. He said I was faking the pregnancy, like, doing a lot. Like, come on now. Nobody faking babies out here these days. And so I kind of had to go through that. But I would say, ready to say that. Huh? If you're not ready to be a dad, just say that. Just say that. Like, don't say I'm faking when it's a whole seed in me. Like, I have a whole sonogram. But he went to the lens of actually feeling like you did a good job at faking that paperwork to make it look real. Like, the whole night. But I think he was just saying, well, I don't know if he truly believed that or not. But point being, it was a, a very hard time for me. And it was at that moment, I just had to learn, like, techniques to keep my mind off of the things that was causing me to be down. Because mm -hmm. um, the friend told me like, what you focus on, that's where your energy goes. So yeah. I can't keep focusing on this BS. I just have to focus, you know, like carrying this baby, being healthy. And honestly, during that time, I think me being pregnant was the only thing that was getting me through that because yeah. I wasn't eating at first. I was like, you know, Crispin, you're carrying a baby. You have to eat some food, feed the child. Like, mm -hmm. don't do that. Mm -hmm. So definitely kind of figure out your why and mm -hmm. just readjust your focus when it comes to that. So anybody else. I hate that you went through that, like sincerely. 
Um, I've been in a situation where I didn't eat and I've been in a situation where I could barely get out of bed. And so that really sucks because, you know, you clearly love that man. You gave him, you made him a whole baby. A whole baby, not intentionally, but the baby was there. <laughs> so yeah, I went to that point, didn't want to get out of bed or anything. And definitely like, if you can't tackle it on your own, get some professional help. I know a lot of times in the black community, they don't, um, bad stigma. And they don't really you like pray about it. You're not praying hard enough. And like, sometimes we need professional help. Most definitely. Because I look at it like if you go break your leg, you're not going to go pray about it. You're going to go to the hospital and get it fixed, get a cast or whatever. But do the same when it comes to your mental health and anxiety and things like that, too. Um. Someone said, this is Christy Jones. Can your depression be deliberating at times? If so, how to get yourself out of that episode? Y'all, y'all are getting really deep. Y'all are getting really deep. I did not show up for this. We having a therapy so session. About things, you know? <laughs> um, yes, I've had a really debilitating um, depression, even while we were filming. Um, it wasn't my intention to share my divorce story. I was really private about it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I even told production, like before they landed, I was like, hey, this is not something I'm comfortable telling you. Um, they convinced me that it was gonna help like a lot of women. And like, honestly, it was, you know, therapeutic in a way to discuss it, you know? You know, most people don't discuss it like mic'd up or in front of cameras, but like it was therapeutic as well. Um, but there was just a moment where I was still working um, as a doctor, I was, like three days a week or so I was filming, you know, three to four days a week and still building out this practice, not just for me, but, you know, every time we would film at the practice, I wanted it to be, you know, advanced. I wanted it to look, you know, a little further along, you know, than it did the last time we were here. And so I remember one night I called production y'all and it was like 1230 AM. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this. I was crying and I was overwhelmed. And I've been over, y'all, I've been overextended for like 18 months. And I was just crying and I couldn't get out of bed. They sent over food. You know, one of my castmates, Latrice, she came over and I couldn't get off the floor to let her in. I texted her my garage code and she's like, come on. And she was here and she was here with <laughs> oh no for just a second that was that was her and so um yeah like I gave her my garage code and she was here um am I frozen still I know <laughs> okay um but it was hard you know like and the only thing I did that day was get off the floor and shower and mm -hmm. so there are times where we were talking about you can't just pray about it you need professional help and I think an extension of that is sometimes you need to be medicated as well um, that's one of those situations where I had to take stock of the things that were overwhelming me. And I was just like, hey, y'all, can I have less scenes? And, you know, started working like a day less because I wasn't doing a great job of taking care of me, checking in with me. Mm -hmm. Why is that question there? Why are y'all getting real deep? <laughs> <laughs> but we love it. That's what y'all got her high. Like. <laughs> yeah. Stress putting over here. We definitely gotta help though, I feel like. I feel like we go through things um, yeah. and we overcome them. Definitely to help other people. 
um, other women that may be going through things of that nature. So if you're out there and you're going through that, we definitely hope this helps you. And someone commented and said therapy for Call black girls is a great resource for support. Call your girlfriends for sure. Uh, yes. They will be there for you. Yes. Reach out to your circle, to the people that generally love you and just take it day by day. Um, Cause I had to realize like you can't move forward looking in your rear view mirror and it happened, like give yourself a dare or two to cry about it, but set a limit on the time that you're going to be sad. Like you really have to wake up and shift your mindset and like, hey, I'm going to have a good day today. I'm going to be happy despite what happened in my past and just move forward. Someone said, since being on the show, how has life changed for you? That was actually one of my questions I was going to ask. <laughs> oh <laughs> and my answer that. Mm -hmm. I am going to see if I can play just a clip of the show here. Let me know if you guys can see this. And we will get to some questions about the show. I need something that says, like, I don't have any children and I don't need a man. Okay, so we need a two-door, don't we? Yeah. Shopping therapy may be on the menu today. <laughs> I am buying a car. I want to feel sexy. I want to feel powerful. I want to be fast. Show me that Bond car, that silver one. You want silver one? Like silver one? Okay. This is the 911 Carrera. It's got the blacked out badges across the back. It's got your sports exhaust. Silver metallic. That silver metallic is just like. And I'm going to exit there. Can you guys see that? I just want to check in because I can't see it on my end. I wasn't able to see it. I was. I heard the audio. We're going to try that again. <laughs> okay. Giving me everything I need. How about now? <laughs> I need to grab you the keys. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Antoinette is my girl. Like, she's my party buddy. She's my playing buddy. She's been going through a lot. The going to practice and with the divorce. And she wants to you know, give herself a little treat. And so, here we are. <laughs> so, this is the divorce court. Divorce <laughs> Divorce situation. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to be way better than Howie Lessman. That's a really expensive baggage for a broken heart. How do you think you're going to feel when I pull up to brunch like this? Oh my gosh, girl. Speaking <laughs> of the brunch. What do you think about the brunch party? Oh my goodness. I don't know how you feel about dry ass waffles. <laughs> and little bitty drumsticks. <laughs> platform to like catapult them into like some sort of like, hey, I'm a big deal now, but like, what if you be a big deal first so that we actually want to hear what you got to say? We gonna thug it out, girl. We gonna thug it out. We gonna pull up in the push. We gonna pull up in the <laughs> Look, we go into the brush. We're gonna show up. We're going to be a part of something that we want to happen. It's a women's empowerment brunch. And so perhaps, like, I'm gonna get all filled up, you know, with, like, positivity. I think I'm gonna keep looking. What we gonna do? Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. That's where I'm gonna get my sex from. I'm gonna just, you know, from the car. I'm gonna just gonna fix the car. I'm gonna just sit and vibe in the car. Oh, girl, you fucking sound like it feels good. <laughs> Come on, I'm crazy. I am not with you today. <laughs> I love it. 
I love it. So that's just a little clip of this show. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> are tuned in. Definitely tuned in. It's very good. As you can see, it is super funny. She keeps it real with us. <laughs> so kind of tell us like how has life changed for you since being on the show? All right. So um, there's, there's a lot of people who mm, are in my DMs and they're interested in this space, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, that's really cool. You know, that's, that's very cool. Um, there are a lot of interesting, like interested potential patients as well. They've been reaching out at the office, y'all. I got fan mail at the office from a guy in prison. Um, he was telling me how much he liked the show and he literally said, send the Porsche back. He said, give the Porsche back. He says, you need to buy land. You need to be investing. And he said, the, one of the first lines was, don't feel weird about me. Like, you know, writing me from prison or whatever. Like, you're my favorite on the show. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, but also, there's not a man in my family that hasn't done a little bit of time. And so their letters used to, like, excite me. Because I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, so that didn't bother me at all. But, um, yeah, there's been, like, a lot of support. You know, um, you can't help but to put your foot in your mouth sometimes and you're mic'd up and there's cameras around you. And so, like, there's other people that are like, I hate that thing you said, you know. <laughs> and so it just comes with the territory. Um, I also feel, though, that, like, I am a flower and I used to be, like, puddle open and have love for everyone that I met. And I could just have, like, this big personality and be happy to see you. But I think now I have to be a little puddle closed in the sense that, like, not everyone's your friend. You know, like, if you take a picture with the wrong person, they can, like, create this narrative about you. It's not how I want to live my life, like, guarded and private. But, like, I think, it, you know, you got to consider that not everyone... Is for you. So. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> Did you have any reservations before going on the show? Like, mm, I don't really know if all my life publicized. I don't know what it's going to do for like me, my business. What were kind of your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, I certainly had reservations. Um, certainly, like one hundred percent. I didn't want to embarrass Oprah. <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass Nana. You know, I didn't want to talk about that divorce. You know, um, but I knew that like my purpose was for the practice. My purpose was for, you know, the encouragement and the mentorship of the future of like black doctors, you know. And so it's worth it's worth the personal sacrifice of them being all in my business, like who you dating and like how you feel about your ex, you know, and like what does your house look like and what kind of car you drive and what's happening with your hair, you know, like it was worth the sacrifice because you know, um, again, like those students need to know that I'm here, that I'm able to like help. Uh, patients need to know that like I am here, I am able to help. And so it makes it all worthwhile. So have you had like an influx of patients since being on the show? Like a people, <laughs> like I want her to do my team on star on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and what's really like, I don't know. What's really not okay, not cool, is that any place that I used to work before, like where I have like a picture or a photo or like a bio, like they keep them up. And so like when people search for me, like all of the practices that I used to work at before is still shown. And I was like, that is really smart. And like, touche, touche, right. I get it. You get this free publicity, like you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> it's really smart, do your thing, I get it. <laughs> Um, I believe someone asked in the comments here, 
Is there a season two in the works? I don't know if you're able to talk Ooh. about that. Who knows? Like, we are going to have to, y'all, Bell Collective airs every Friday at 10, 9 central. And I don't know. Do you guys think it's worthy of a second season? Y'all have to let us know. Got to tell me. We may get to see me date someone. That's what we want to see. You know, we want to we want to get this house filled up with a lot of happy. And we she's a childbearing age. Who knows? I mean, mm, mm. second season. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of up in the air there. Um, so what day does it come on? Is it Fridays at 9 Central? Yeah, uh, it's at, um, yeah, Fridays at 10, 9 Central. Um, you know, you always give the East Coast time to, I suppose. But right mm-hmm. here in the South, we're watching it at 9 o'clock, y'all. Most definitely. So tune in, you guys. Um, just, like, before you go, tell us, like, a few of your goals for the future, kind of where you see yourself. Um, maybe, I guess, on the show and also with your dentistry and just in life in general. Y'all, um, I I find that sometimes that my dreams are so much bigger than myself, that like my vision is so vast that like I have to catch up to like the things that are happening that the universe and God is placing in my life. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, how am I going to get all of this done, right? <laughs> but I for sure see um, my practice being a place where I can employ Black doctors um, or just young doctors getting their feet wet, you know, so they don't have that uncertainty and without, you know, that mentorship, you know, that exploitation that could happen. Um, I see my practice doing that. Um, right now I have something with Jackson State in the works to cover all of those dental admissions tests. You know, for anyone that's interested in dentistry, that program is going to expand to all HBCUs. But y'all, what if it expands? So that like, well, I'm sorry, in Mississippi. But like, what if that expands and that includes like, what, all HBCUs? Like, how cool would that be? Right. Um, you know, um, I'm a part of like a, a bunch of different associations and like my dental field, like American Dental Association, Mississippi Dental Association, Mississippi Dental Association of Women Dentists, you know, um, the Mississippi Dental Society. And so like, what if like I became president of one of those one day? Like, how cool would that be? Like, what? Hello. From a dating life standpoint, like bachelor, pick me up. What's up, bachelorette? Some new bachelorette, (laughs) reach out to me. (laughs) We gonna have some fun. (laughs) Someone said in the comments, "I like to see you on a date with this thug." (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, I do not know if it is coming, but I did some blind dating on the show, and they sent me somebody who is exactly how we described. So he had a chain and like grill and everything. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely stay tuned. So how can the audience connect with you um outside of the podcast? <laughs> All righty, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Louds of Smiles. Um, I am also on Twitter at that very same name. Perhaps it is Dr. Lyles of Smiles. My publicist is going to like kick my butt for not getting this all the way right. Um, (laughs) Mint Dental MS is a website that is dropping here soon. There is a newsletter that you can sign up for and more information, you know, associated with that. Um, I would, y'all, I really just like want to connect. More than anything, I just want to connect, leave your comments. I respond to most of them. Um, you know, 
when I'm not doctoring um, <laughs> on Twitter. I go live, a live tweet every episode, every Friday. And again, that's uh, Dr. Lyles of Smiles, I believe. She's going to beat me up so much. <laughs> She's going to get you. Definitely you can find her on Instagram. I'm sure you can navigate your way through that. <laughs> So, you guys, I'm so happy that everyone tuned in with us tonight. Again, if you missed the beginning of it or you jumped in at the last minute, this will be uploaded on your favorite podcasting streaming services. Um, if you have any other questions or anything, definitely leave your comments here. I'll be checking out the comments um, after the show. And, you know, we'll we'll connect. And Dr. Lowell, I'm so grateful and just so thankful that you took the time to come on the show today. Thank you so much for your time so much um i have a real estate agent friend too i'm going to put you in contact with if you're interested she's a black woman she owns her own business here as well yes i would love that that's what this is about i'm always connect come on (laughs) you know (laughs) y'all happy black history month um y'all stay safe most definitely, I see her publicist is posting her handles here in the comments so she she got she has your cover She's on it. Thank you so much. That's her. She's amazing. (laughs) So thanks, you guys. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this so much. Of course. I enjoyed it so much. My pleasure.